War Room Hockey Development, Episode Three. What was it? What was the What was the title that I said it was? Developmental hockey. Developmental just hockey. developmental so hockey I is all I said. So, uh, but you had it with War Room, the hockey podcast, developmental hockey originally, and then I cut it down. Yeah. So let's let's try it again. War Room, the hockey podcast, developmental hockey. Boom. Cut down to developmental hockey podcast episode three. How about that? Perfect. There you go. Developmental hockey podcast episode three this week. Uh, again, uh, the beauty of developmental hockey is there's more to talk about. Um, even in a coronavirus situation. Yep. Um, but still, with a lot of rinks closing, a lot of practices shutting down, a lot of things happening, um, even in de- the developmental side, there's n- at least not an hour's worth of content going on right now anyway. So um, we wanted to bring you to bring everybody at least something. Uh, so we will... We will uh, go through it, and however long it is is however long it is. But um, developmental hockey episode three this week. Uh, I'm Evan Rauer with War Room, the hockey podcast, joined by Brad. Uh, at this point, you all know him as my father. And um, yeah, so again, before you do anything, again, settle in. I know you listen to it. Um, if you listen to the um, original War Room uh, Hockey podcast, you you understand. But uh, again, settle in, settle in, and uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and like and follow on the necessary social media platforms. Engage with us, write in, ask questions, uh, give comments, or anything like that. We greatly appreciate it. We enjoy that. Um, Developmental Hockey episode three. I know you have some things that you want to um, kind of go over a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll do that, uh, and hopefully we can. Provide a, a little bit of a distraction for people that are mi- missing sports, but also dealing with coronavirus a little bit. Developmental Hockey Episode 3 this week, in the midst of all the coronavirus stuff that's going on, uh, you had some things you wanted to talk about, so we'll well, jump right into that. Yeah, you know, everybody's got some downtime right now, unfortunately, but if I know hockey families, uh, players, parents, hockey coaches, hockey administrators at the minor hockey and junior level, they're making the best of their time, they're planning ahead getting back to uh, getting back to the action whenever that is, if it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months. But there are some do's and don'ts that we've seen through the years, and they're really not, uh, I, hate to, I hate to come off arrogant, but they're really not up to, for debate. It's not something that I'm, that I'm trying to sell. I don't have a book or a camp or anything else that I'm trying to sell you on. I don't own a team, coach a team. I don't play anymore. Here's, but there are just some do's and don'ts, and and if whether you're a player, a coach, a fan, a parent, a grandparent, whatever you are, or, or just a supporter, if you're just a volunteer, things to things to remember uh, that are fairly simple. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of noise in the day of you know massive internet presence and social media. You're gonna hear all manner of recommendations and and. Uh, People are going to be trying to sell you on everything. There are two things that you can you can concentrate on if you do nothing else. 
and that is skating and character. The one, uh, we talk about character a lot on this show, and it's undeniable. There's, there's no way around it. Develop it, figure it out. A lot of it comes from within, but it can also be insisted upon and nurtured by parents and coaches and administrators. Make sure that you have character, and that comes in the form of unselfishness. It comes in the form of practicing hard, being a good teammate, working hard, having a great attitude, being a positive guy to be around, and not, you know, and holding everybody accountable, starting with yourself. And that's that accountability has to come from within, and you hold your, your teammates accountable, you hold your players and, uh, and everybody involved accountable. Character is at the, at the foundation of everything. And, and that's just, that's just the way it is. You can't, you can't expect a guy to go to camp and get better if he doesn't have the character that tells him that he's humble enough. I need to improve, right? It all comes down to that. The other thing that guys probably don't spend enough time on today is skating. And I know there are massive amounts of power skating coaches. It started many, many years ago, a generation ago with, with Laura Stamm. Uh, and there are a lot of really, really good skating coaches out there. If you are a young player or if you're a player who plans to continue going at whatever level you are, if you focus on your character and focus on your skating, you're going to give yourself every possibility. You, if you're not the biggest, strongest guy in the world, you know, that's not necessary. If you're Brad Marchand or Pat Kane or somebody that's on a smaller build, that you can still play in the the game, the same game with Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson, right? Yep. No, you, agreed. But, but you got to be able to skate. And every every good player, even the marginal players now, everybody can skate. So learn to skate, start young, and stay after it. Work on skating. If you're doing nothing else in summer, but you want to be on the ice, get with somebody who will absolutely put you through the paces on edge work and making, it's not so much your speed. I mean, there's Connor McDavid and there's Nathan McKinnon and they can go end to end and run rings around everybody else. But it's that quickness. And there's a big difference between speed and quickness. And the quickness is those first three steps. It's getting from behind the net to the face-off dot. It's getting from the blue line to the red line. It's, it's being able to close gaps. So that three and four step quickness is what you're after. And that's the explosion that comes from good skating. So bottom line on the do's, skate and develop character. And if you do that, no matter the rest of your skill set, no matter how much you can bench press, you're going to give yourself an opportunity when when coaches and recruiters are putting their rosters together and they're making cuts and they're inviting kids for next year, without exception, they want good, solid citizens of good character and they want guys who can skate. And you can teach a lot of the rest of the game. If you got a guy that has a great heart and he can skate, you got the foundation of making a really, really good player. Yep. No, agreed. Agreed. You don't see it a whole lot. You don't see it enough, but yeah, agreed. I agree. The, there are some traps to avoid and these also, these are, this is undeniable. It's, it's pretty openly admitted. 
you will never, you will never encounter. Let's say you're trying to catch on. You're a you're a 17 year old, and you've been invited to a junior camp. You've been invited to, to rookie camp someplace. Or you're you're trying to move from bantam to P, to midget. Nobody cares if you've won or lost. That that coach, that recruiter, that scout is not going to sit down and, and interview you or come to the rink and watch you play and wonder why it is you lost that peewee Christmas tournament back in 94. It just doesn't happen. No one cares. Wins and losses don't matter. It's all part of development. So go out every night, no matter what level you are, Go out every night and expect to win and try to win and do everything you can to win within the respect of your opponent and your teammates and the officials and the coaching staff and the fans. Try to win, expect to win every single night or don't go on the ice. But if you don't win and every night somebody wins and somebody loses, learn that that is not the end of the line. Nobody nobody cares. It's important to, with it, and and it's many of the issues that we've all witnessed ourselves, and it's many of the issues that we're plaguing it. Don't put so much of an emphasis on winning to the point where, come tryout time, the only players you take are the ones that can win. Because what that does is now these kids are now not learning how to lose. You have to learn how to lose. And, it's part and of the, the important part is learning how to lose. Learning learn, and that's a big part of building character. Right, you build character by learning how to lose. You, you Funny how find, all these things you work find together. Ways to, you find ways to be a good loser, a, right. somebody who understands that okay, we lost not because this or that sucked or this or that went our, against us, but because you know what, we didn't play well enough. I didn't skate well enough. This or that didn't happen. So what do we do? What do we do to ensure that we can win next time? Yeah. We go out and we work. We're going to work and harder. work and get better. Yep. No matter how old you are, or what age group. You exactly. work to get better and you learn from losing. You, what you don't want, what you don't want is the overemphasis on winning to where you're 34 and 0 in league play, right? Type of type of examples, right? Because exactly. now all of a sudden these kids, these kids now go through their formative year of hockey in squirt or peewee and they They've didn't ne- lo- they didn't lose. They've never been in a one every goal tournament, game in the every period. tournament they won a championship. Every tournament they compete in, they win the championship. Uh, they go undefeated. They win the state championship. Right. They and not only that, but every every game they're winning by three or more goals, and and they don't understand this. And then you wonder why, with coaches, coaches wonder why kids don't listen or why they don't pay attention. It's because they've now learned that they don't need to. It's built so wrong. You, that's a systemic yeah, problem. A systemic when you've got problem. a when you've got a team that can be recruited and put together in such a way that nobody else in their in their normal season can touch them, that is a that's a problem at the root of the administrative side of whatever province or state you skate in. That's why in the NHL there's a salary cap to avoid super teams like yep. that. It balances it out. So at the at the developmental level the way you do it is you balance out the talent. If you take if you take a, a kid that's borderline B and A, for example, mm-hmm. he's top tier at the B level. 
skates circles around and embarrasses everybody at the B level. But he's just not there at the A level. Let me, I'll pose this question to you. Where do you think he should be? Depends on the character of the kid. True, but but, but in but general, the in general, he should be on the A team. I, because, I would agree that he's because better for off. his development, as well as for team development and character, he should be on the A team, playing up right. with talent and getting better. Even if that even if that means his ice time is limited, because again, you're competing and drives me crazy that we're at we're at the time frame in an era where everybody gets equal ice time but if even if it means his ice time's limited he's up at the a team because he's not going to get learn anything at the b level just skating around everybody no you take him up and you build the character and you teach him how to lose and you teach him how to deal with the the adversity of not getting all the ice time and how to deal with things and it builds the character that you want in a young man he's still yes and that's exactly right because he is still on the ice for practice three times for every game he plays, or at least twice for every game he plays. And he's on the ice for 100% of the practice. He's on the ice for maybe 20 or 30% of a game. So you're going to develop by practicing against better players every night. You're going to develop by having to scratch and claw for your ice time. And it doesn't. it's not always available like that i mean there are there are too many there are too many parents whose kid is a solid star on that a team that are going to say what are we doing with this guy but you don't need to play for a coach that is only going to win you need to play for a coach who's going to make you a better player that's what they're supposed to be doing nobody at any level until as we said weeks ago until you get into the let's say at least the American Hockey League level, minimum, if not the NHL, you get paid to develop players. That's your job. Develop a guy, in, take a guy who's marginal and has the character and the skating ability or is willing to get it and make him good. Yeah. That's what you need to do. And that, You and shouldn't be paid to develop at any other level other than the professional leagues. and to, Paid to win. You mean... You said paid to develop. You mean paid to win. Paid to win, yes. Yeah. Right. And so, but it is a systemic issue, and there's an overemphasis on winning. And it burns kids out, first yeah. of all. And yeah. second of all, it tells kids that are borderline A and B that they'll never be any higher than B because, well, I'm not somebody that'll help you win six nothing every game and help yeah. you go thirty five and zero in in league play, and that's the problem because the point is to develop not only players but character. And how do you do that by taking the kid that's too too good for B but borderline A and bringing him up to the A team and you develop that way instead of taking all the kids that can win you state championships and let you go undefeated to for the top team and then everybody else trickles down to the C level and, right. and the B level and it, you're not developing that way well, and it doesn't de- build character and I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm not saying that development and all these things and learning how to lose means that if you lose a game that you're not going to be able to go home and play your video games or have ice cream or do this and that. I'm not talking that kind of punishment, right? Because then that goes the other way. All of a sudden now you're no. you're getting beat across the brow because oh you lost a game. That's a, that. The yeah, point is to, the on. point is to find the balance between 
development and winning and and fun. You find that balance to where the game is still fun, but understanding by building the character, understanding that you know what you lost. Why did you lose? Right. Now let's go into practice and let's let's work on our edges. Let's do this. Let's let's work on our power play. Let's work on the things that let's work on our zone entries. Let's not come three across. Let's work on our our F1 and F3 type of type of yep. thing and our position play half wall to, to middle of the ice, all these things and work on that. So the next time, next time you're better at that. And now you're not giving the puck away and now, okay, we win, right? It teaches these yep. things. So that's it's, exactly, fi- it's finding the idea. balance. It's finding the balance. That's right. So it, there's, first of all, there's always somebody better. Yeah. And, and, uh, secondly, you, the last thing you want to do is be a goaltender on a team that wins by a touchdown every night. What's that going to solve? So I'll take the example of the, of the GTHL. A lot of really, really good players come out of that league, Greater Toronto Hockey League. Uh, there was a team many years ago that had, I think, Alex Petrangelo, Steve Stamkos, John Tavares... There, it was stacked with future NHLers. And then in later years, there was the Mitch Marner, Max Domi team. There have been some really, really good teams come out of that area. Not every one of those kids even makes a junior roster, let alone does he ever make a paycheck. So there's always going to be somebody better. Get as good as you can. Develop your skating. Understand you have to work harder no matter how good you are, you got to work hard every night or somebody's going to take your spot. When you get to the next level, you're not going to make it. You're a junior star and you get into the show and you flunk out immediately because you won't work. It's the character. It's secondary is skating ability, but it's got to be there. And so I guess what we're saying here, and we can, we'll talk a lot more about this as the shows go on, but if you don't have the character that tells you to be humble enough to respect your opponent, respect your teammates, respect your coaching staff and the officials and the fans and the people, your parents and the people that put all that money and all those hours together to get you out there, you're going nowhere. You don't, you, you, there has never been a guy with enough skill to be that kind of a turd and still make it. So make sure that you look at yourself in the mirror and make your kids accountable. Make your players accountable. Make your teammates accountable to that kind of behavior. And then that'll then you will actually improve. You'll listen to the coaches. You'll listen to the skating instructors, and you will get better. Yep. The other thing there's a there's one other trap that I that may ruffle some feathers, but it's it's just a well known fact. Don't fall into the if you come to my summer camps. If you spend a month and a half with me, I'll make you, you know, I'll make you a star. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yes, 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 thank you. Here's here's the reality, folks. Players, coaches, everybody. Here's the reality. Those are fundraisers. Oh, agreed. It's money in the pocket of the coach that's running it. Some of these are better than others. That's all it is. I know. It's fundraisers. And listen, if you are... If you've been invited to, let's say you've been invited to a junior camp, junior A camp someplace or whatever, and you're paying to go, you're not going to make it. You're not going to go to a junior camp with 300 other kids 
where there is not even a single roster spot available, you're not going to go into that ocean of guys yep. and make that roster. You're not going to unseat anybody. Well it's, at, well, it's at any level. It's it's at any level of summer of summer camps. Anything. It's a fundraiser. Where if you if you're paying at any level, right? Even Pee Wee, if you're or Squirt or anything, if you're paying, then it's money in the coat in the pocket of the coach that's running that camp. Right. That's all it is. You've witnessed it. I, we've seen it, and we know it. We, it. That's all it is. If you are if you are invited to the camp by the coach, and you are invited, and the coach fronts the bill so you can be there because I want you here, mm-hmm. then okay. Now now you start to go. Okay, wow. He this coach is focused on developing me and the the other kids and the other players right. around me. But the second you go, well, we want to invite you here because you played for my team this season. We want to invite you here. But, oh, by the way, registration for the summer camp is X amount of dollars per session or X amount of dollars right. overall throughout for the summer. Then what that means is, okay, it's it's the coach or the, the association or the league or the organization, whatever, that is now trying to get money in their pocket. Well, it is. And it, listen, let me let me first say that in a lot of cases, there's nothing wrong with that. In our junior A world, in in this part of our country, those are they are simply fundraisers. Come to camp, hope you learn something. Here's a water bottle and a jersey, and we hope that you get something out of this camp for your three hundred and fifty dollars. But that's our stick budget for the year. You're not going to make my team. I mean, I might, I'm in five years of having 200 kids at my camp every summer, I might find one gem in there that I didn't, that I wasn't anticipating. But I, all I did was supplement my travel and stick budget. That's it. So, well, then there's that. understand that yeah. and, and go, if you want to go get the work, get the extra ice time, do that. But my recommendation is if you are not invited to the main camp, if you're not invited for free, spend the money and the time on skating. Find, spend the time and money, stay home and get a figure skating or power skating instructor to help you with your edge work. Get in the gym and develop those skating muscles better. Come back next year and they say, hey, we want you to come to our camp. And they don't have, and, and don't bring your checkbook. Now you got something. Okay, well then I'll, I'll, let me say this then. Here's where that the difference comes in then. The difference comes in where you need to understand that with junior teams that it is a fundraiser. Because Correct. if you're because if you're being invited and you're this or that, then you're what that means is they're recruiting you. Junior teams, NCAA schools for scholarship, whatever else, they recruit. If you're doing fundraiser type stuff at an association level, squirt peewee bantam then that's where the problem is correct because you're our, the association is already getting how many thousands of dollars per kid upon registration for the season so at that point if you're still fundraising at, at camps and at these different things then what it is is it's money directly into the individual pocket of the coach running it and that's where the problem is correct so so it both are okay, but the fundraising is okay at the level of hockey where recruitment happens and where they still need money to be able to travel and well, do things. Got, yeah, you have to operate At somehow. an association level, they've already got the budget and they've already got the money to operate. So now anything else is where the, where the, the fundraising is not on the up and up, I'll say. 
there's another one that's maybe even a bigger problem than this, and this is kind of a worldwide issue. And again, we can go on about this, but probably not today. There are There's a growing number, or at least it was growing, I don't know this year what registration numbers look like, of let's call them hockey academies. So now to go to a normal high school and play hockey, you're going to move across the world. You're going to come from someplace in Europe or somewhere, and you're going to go to Calgary or Toronto or California. I don't know. Pick a spot, and you're going to go to a hockey academy, and you're going to pay, uh, let's say, Foreign tuition right now at some of the local ones here in Western Canada, foreign tuition can be as much as fifty, fifty-five thousand dollars Canadian a year. You're going to high school. If you're paying, they're not. You, you're probably not going anywhere. I'm not saying you. It's impossible. I'm just saying when Sid Crosby went to Shattuck. He wasn't paying for it. Well, okay, that's he was I mean. scholarshiped. That's so what I. That's what I mean. That's there's what, a big okay. difference. That's what I mean when I. That's what I mean when I mention the difference between fundraising at a junior level and association level is that at the junior level you're still developing, a hundred percent. Even in the NHL, you're still developing. Hopefully, but hopefully, but the purpose of that though, the purpose of the junior level. Yeah, okay, you're still developing, but the purpose of it is you're now at a point where, okay, you're probably going somewhere in some capacity, whether it's up to major junior, whether it's NCAA, whether it's the, whether it's the show, right. you're going somewhere. So the emphasis doesn't necessarily need to be on the development because the, a lot of these junior kids have their own personal private power skating coaches. They've got, they've got these things. They've got practice. They've got all these things. Not saying development doesn't happen, but the emphasis on it isn't as great, right? That's my point here is that the emphasis on it isn't as great because you're already going somewhere, right? You're not developing kids to get to to that point. They're they're now they're here. already there. Okay, that's kind of my difference. I'm I'm rambling, but the difference I'm pointing out is at an association level, your purpose. We can debate all we want how much money coaches should or shouldn't make, but. The purpose is to develop young men and young players at an association level. It's less about necessarily winning a state championship at an association level, at a PBA level or whatever, as it is to develop young men to go to high school or to go whatever and be able to compete and be able to keep up. Can, well, do we somewhat agree on, on, on that idea? Yes and no. I'll tell you the only place that I disagree with it is that development at the junior level is still absolutely paramount. Right, right. So, and I, I think, I think now I, I'm, I'm losing that. I'm not saying it's not paramount. I'm in comparison to the association level. It, it's not as great as what I'm saying. It, in, a, in comparison to the association level, not that it's not paramount. It's paramount. But in comparison of the two, true emphasis on development for character and development of young men at the at this level compared to if if i if i get what you're saying and i believe i do and i think you're right it becomes at the association level minor hockey it is a significant responsibility of the coaching staff the parents 
to develop the players, to insist on that level yes. of character and unselfishness and gentlemanly respectful attitude and hard work. As you get to a junior A or major junior level, that onus shifts more and more to the player himself. Yes, now it's, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yes. So when because, a 19-year-old yeah. kid is playing for Dale Hunter in London or years ago, Mr. McCrimmon, God rest his soul, in Brandon, or Fred Harbinson here in Penticton. When, when, a, when a young man is playing for them, they know before they go there what's expected of them, and that player is going to take it upon himself to develop. With the, with the help and the leadership of the other guys in the room and the guys like we just mentioned. That, that's, the, that's what I'm saying. Yes, and at the association level... It is still largely at the feet of the of the coaching staffs and the parents to make sure that that kid is brought through the system right. Yep, because be- that's that's what I'm saying. Because at the junior level, you're now through the system. Right. Right. And now you're old enough to know better. Now you're old enough to know better. You're old enough to make the decisions that, okay, instead of going home and playing PlayStation, maybe I should be in the gym. Maybe mm-hmm. I should be doing these things. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Okay. And, and I started that point when you mentioned... Sidney Crosby not paying. He was recruited. He was he was brought in, yeah. right? When you when you're old enough and when you're to the point of being recruited, you're old enough to to know better on on the developmental aspect of things, right? Yeah. At the association level, it is on the coach and on the association to develop these young kids to to understand how to lose, how to go through these things. Yep. Right? And so and that's where a lot of issues come in circle back to the original point that's where a lot of the issues come in is that at the association level there's too much emphasis on on the money in the pocket fundraising rather than the development of and winning and rather than the development and and the character of the kids couldn't agree with that more where whereas at the junior level and and so on that's the whole point of that is is you're recruiting players, so now you can fundraise for the budget of the team. Yep. Whereas here, a majority associations, maybe not so much this year with with registration numbers being down, but more often than not, at the association level, you've got plenty of money in the budget to to do these things, to I, travel and, and go to tournaments and things. So why you need to keep fundraising and try and pass that off as anything more than just money in the pocket for these individual coaches is beyond me. And that's the point I'm making. Yeah, it's, is, it's, it, there's, it, there's a lot of complaining around the hockey world right now about the expense of the game. You know, too many, too many kids from poorer backgrounds that can't play, et cetera. So my, I think our argument is as different as, as it sounds sometimes. Our argument is that it really shouldn't have to be that expensive. It can be made cheaper. Yes, you have to freeze the water. Yes, you have to pay people to maintain the rink. And there's got, there's a lot of inherent expense that maybe you don't have with other sports. It's not a pair, of, a pair of cleats and a soccer ball. There's a whole lot more expense to it than that. And, you and I'm not looking down the... my nose at soccer. Don't get me yeah. wrong here. But I'm just saying there you can make it more affordable if you just... Get control of it. Like you just control your guys and, and coach, and, and and you you start to regulate it 
coaches should not be making a living coaching youth hockey. They're, your and your you job be. your job is to develop young players and and men. You right. shouldn't be you shouldn't be paid a living a livable wage to do so. Yeah. Gas money and different things and all that stuff. We've, and that's my point. Yeah. We beat that horse to death. But my point being is that you cut down on that to where now the fundraising stops and now you're not worried about money in, in the pocket of a specific coach, which goes into the payment whole argument. And you cut down on that. And now more kids can come in and play because now you got to control on on the expenses of things here where now a kid can come in knowing that this coach, yeah, he may not be making livable wage, which is the way it should be, but he's coming in knowing that, but wanting to give back. He loves the game. He's wanting to whatever. Right. He's wanting to develop. He's wanting to give back. And he wants me here under his own cost. He'll pay it, whatever. Right. He wants me here at this skills camp so that I can learn so and he, get better. Yeah. Right. And everything like that. And that's the balance you want. And that's where, to me, proper development comes in is now money isn't a concern. When all of a sudden at an association level, you're basing the development of hockey players on championships and or on the amount of money they pay right. to, to on the amount of money they pay to earn the right to be in your presence both of that, which distort everything yeah, then all of a sudden then all of a sudden it's corrupt and it's skewed yeah but if all of a sudden now the association allocates in its budget that this much money for gas for whatever goes to every coach on the who's coaching Okay, it should be balanced that way. And then this much money is now toward is now used toward funding camps for the kids that we invite. Right. So that they don't have to pay. And you start to do these things. Now all of a sudden it balances it out. And now kids and families know that they're they're coming to these things to get better, to learn how to skate, to get better at stick handling, to get better at this and that. And you do that, and I. It may be overly simplistic, but I can all but guarantee that at, at some point, the it starts to balance out, and now more families are able to register their kids because the cost of playing now is not astronomically high. For sure. So, because what they're having to pay is how many thousands of dollars per kid for registration, plus how many hundreds of dollars separate, separate than registration, plus how many hundreds of dollars for hotel rooms for tournaments plus how many hundreds of dollars per X number of days for how many camps plus well, this yeah, and that. They, and so you, you have a budget like this, you don't make them pay. You, you take money, all this astronomical money away from certain coaches and you start to balance it and it becomes affordable for more people to play the game. All of a sudden registration numbers go up all of a sudden now developmental goes up yes. and now you're looking at across the board a very well put together system that is developing good character good young men good young women good all these things and it becomes it's, a tremendous system that you want your child to be a part of and it becomes more fun because the focus isn't on winning and, then, and you don't have the focus on either winning or getting your money's worth yep. which is impossible and so I, I would blame it on like you said, a skewed system of payment. Uh, I would also blame it on over travel. And this has been going on for a long time. You, you don't have to get on an airplane virtually anywhere to find somebody that can't beat you, that can beat you. You don't have to fly around the continent 
to find someone better than you. So you don't need to do that. If you are going to travel and God bless the parents that load up the car every weekend and travel someplace, what about billeting when you go to a tournament? Why not billet someplace where uh, former hockey parents that are maybe empty nesters now will take families in when they come in for a tournament? Maybe, maybe it's the other teams that you're playing against, which they used to do in the Quebec Peewee tournament. I don't know if they still do it that way, but they used to billet there. When that happens, now not only are you not paying through the nose for a hotel room and a bunch of meals in restaurants, now you're getting to understand that there are other hockey parents in this world with a good perspective. You're understanding that the guy across the face-off dot from you that you hate so much is just a kid like you. Maybe there's something in that. There are ways to make this game more affordable. Skate swaps is a good idea. There's a lot of there's a lot of expense in a hockey bag. There's a lot of expense in running an arena. Those can't be done away with. I mean, if you're thinking that's going to become free, it's not. The taxpayers or somebody is going to foot the bill for that. But there is a lot of waste in there that can be taken out. So. It just, I guess the bottom line from all this is be careful if somebody says, I'm, don't get sold the dream. We always called it selling the dream. If somebody says, I'm going to make you a better player, write me a check and I'll, I'll promise you the moon, just turn and run, yep. just leave, just go. If somebody comes along and says, you know, why don't you come out and skate with us? I think I see something in you. You can you can improve a lot. You're a great kid. Come on out and skate with my team. Well, what's it going to cost me? Well, nothing or very little. You can skate all summer for 50 bucks. Okay, now you might have something. But if the checkbook comes out before somebody promises to make you better, yep. they're, they're feeding you a bill of goods and don't fall for it. So Agreed. anyway, bottom line here. Avoid over summer camping yourself. Yeah. Proper Get- development is the association pays for their right to develop your child because that's what they want to do. That's what they're supposed to do. I'm paying for the ice time. I'm paying for this and that so your child can come and take part. Right. That's that's what they're supposed to do. Unfortunately, it isn't in a lot of in a lot of places. It just isn't that way. Um, but that's the way it should be. Don't don't demand a checkbook from these families. Your purpose, when you put on when you put on your tracksuit for your for whatever association you you you're coaching for, your purpose is to have kids out there to develop, and they're not going to if everywhere they turn, you're standing there going, "Where's my check?" Pony up, yeah. So if stop that. They shouldn't have to pay for these summer camps because a lot of these associations already have the money to be able to, to afford to do it themselves to begin with. Let the families have come out and let the kids learn to play, get a feel for the game. If they're higher, higher up in skill level, continue to develop their game and right. things like that so that when the new season starts, now mom and dad can afford to put me in and and now I can now I've earned my way through hard work in the summer. To play for the A team. Pressure's off. Right? The pressure's off. <laughs> Put away the checkbook, stop yeah. demanding the checkbook, and start developing young men, young women, and young hockey players the yeah. way it should be done. 
it's plain and plain and simple. We're beating a dead horse, but it's the way it should be done. Well, uh, this is this probably happens across all of sports, not just hockey. I, I would imagine that there is a whole lot of selling the dream in every sport. Yep. There are a lot of people in it for the money, not in it for the development, and shame on them. But I guess what, everything that we're no matter how many different ways we can say it, buyer beware. Yep. If you're a kid, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, whatever your involvement is, buyer beware, uh, just like anything else. If somebody says they're going to make you look younger and all you got to do is sign up for this and give me your credit card, look out. And stick this needle in your face. Right. Yep. <laughs> ah. Yep. Well, anyway. Well, anyway, uh, Development in All Hockey, Episode 3 this week. Thank you all for tuning in. I know it's an interesting time with all that's going on, so we appreciate your patience, and we appreciate uh, you making the time every week to continue to listen. We yeah, appreciate hope, the support. So, yeah, truly. I, I hope this helps somebody, yep. uh, and we, we appreciate any feedback. So if you have any questions, let us know. And along all these lines of development and making everybody better and doing it for the right reasons... War Room Hockey Podcast is still free. Yes. <laughs> so still free for listeners. We're not, we're not demanding you get out the checkbook in order right. for our... We're not selling you a bill of goods yep. here. Absolutely. <laughs> doesn't mean it's not fact what we're saying, but it just means we're not selling goods. So exactly uh, thank right. you all for tuning in. Thanks yeah. for joining in the studio again a this week. A lot of fun. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it. Um, it's, uh, it's fun. It's stressful because you, you always, you are really good at, before we get on saying, let's not bring up this, this, and this, but you've already mentioned it. And then you bring up something that makes, that makes it relevant to talk about a sp- certain something and it makes it hard to bite my tongue, but get beyond it. Uh, as stressful as it can be, sometimes it's fun to talk developmental hockey. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a good time. So I enjoy this. I enjoy this part of it every bit as much as the, uh, the discussions around the pro ranks and stuff. Yep. So Absolutely. this is fun. So anyways, Enjoy enjoy your week. Thanks for Thank listening. you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. And we will see you next week in the hockey community for Developmental Hockey, episode number four. Cheers. Cheers.